Okay, good morning, everybody. Hope everybody is well. Happy calendar new year, Jan 1 today. What an incredible day. Start the year. I always loved the feeling of the end and the beginning. Rushing to close out the year, taking a breath. It's great that it's a Friday. You know, this week, this, today's episode is dedicated for Razel, Rach, Rachel, Bas, Shmuel, Chaim, Dan, Ben, Nachum, Yisrael, Yitzchak, Ben, Dan, to you, did you, Moshe, Ben, Chaim, and Eliza, Yosef, Ben, Yaakov, Moshe, Ben, Leib, and all these wonderful people, including my, my grandmother, all these wonderful people should have an elevation of their soul. Together, we should only be able to see good things, feel good things. Thank you, the person who sponsored it behind all these people as well. God bless her. We've been delving into this world of gratitude and talking about how expressions of gratitude really focus us in a very, in a very, in a much more intense way than just thoughts of gratitude, right? Not being grateful, forget about it. We're going to get bounced around by society. You show up in society with nothing, they're going to own you. Someone's going to own you. You come into work, someone's going to own you. Someone says hello nicely, you got a good day. Someone says hello not nicely, you're going to have a bad day. If you have grateful thinking, you're going to start to fight the fight. If you have grateful expressions, you're going to get even further down the line. If you've got grateful expressions to other people, you're you're now you're you're driving 90 miles an hour in a new Maserati and open road. Like you're you're you're, you're the F16 just took off. You're rocking. Because you're just putting out stuff. You're focusing your attention on the good things in life. And then you're expressing it. Now it's impacting people. And that impact is coming back at you. Remember, it's energy. We're living, oh, knocked off my coffee. We're living in the world of energy. Divine energy. What you put out, you get back. In Hebrew, there's a concept called midah, kenegin midah, a measure for a measure. What that means is how you act is how you're treated. You speak negatively, it's going to come back. You speak positively, it's going to come back. You speak positively to people, it's going to come back. So what you're doing is you're, you're basically hijacking the parts of your brain and the parts of the world that's going to make us see the world through negative lenses and putting yourself in a position where you're starting with positivity. It doesn't make you Pollyannish. It doesn't make us not deal with issues. It just builds up our strength. So when we deal with issues, we deal with it from a position of power and it starts to take the people around us and build stronger bonds of relationships. So a lot of our issues go away. If you express gratitude to the people in your life, a lot of the issues that we waste our time on, the drama goes away. Think about the drama in your office that would go away if you expressed gratitude to the people in a real way, mm-hmm. right? The, the rule, just, I think we did this here. I don't remember the rule. I'm talking about this so much the past few days. Thank God. The rule is not just what they did, it's who they are. 
right? That's the rule. I was talking to, we had parent-teacher conference. I was talking to the head of the preschool. It was great. She says she trains her teachers to do this. When you give compliments, it's not what you did, it's who you are too. Thank you so much for thinking of me and giving me this gift, what you did. You are such a thoughtful person, who you are. Thank you so much for calling me, what you did. You're such an empathetic friend, who you are. That's how you express gratitude. The action and then the person. When you do that, you bring out the qualities in other people, which make them want to be more like the things you say they are. Right? This is the research of Carol Dweck. You tell a kid that they're smart, they're going to want to look smart, even if they have to cheat or take easier problems. You tell a kid that you worked hard, they're going to want to work hard. So they'll take on higher and bigger challenges. Well, guess what? That doesn't apply only to fourth graders. That applies to human beings. You tell the people around you what they did and how it connects to a trait that they have that you respect. They're going to want to express that trait more. Not even to impress you because it feels good to be them. You're going to bring out the best in people which is going to resolve a lot of your issues with people before you even have issues with people, which is going to make people around you better, which will make your life better. It's, it's such a easier, more beneficial, more benevolent way of achieving success. Forget, forget the selflessness of it. I'm not even getting to the selflessness selflessness of this let's just stay selfish for a second making people better around us makes your life better making people happy around us makes your life better and even if it's not your life it makes the world better and i gotta tell you for those who've been doing this for those who are joining us now for the first time we've been talking about the, the what we'll call the new year's challenge the New Year's challenge. I'm giving you a New Year's challenge. If you didn't do it yet, call one person in your life that did something nice for you. Thank you for what you did. Let me tell you who you are. What a way to start the year. And for those of us who really want to be nuts, the Navy Zeals that are amongst us, take it upon yourself to do it one time a day. See how long you can go. See how long you can go. I'm sure Andy's going to come up with prizes for those that can go the year. Andy's already thinking about what we can get. We're getting something. If you can go a year, five minutes every day, WhatsApp, note, email, note, something, call. Andy's already working on it. Trust me. If you go the year, get it. The highlight of this year, the end of the year for me. This past week, the highlight for me has been your emails. I got an email from someone yesterday who graduated high school in 1977 and called his teacher from high school. Can you imagine? Graduated 1977 high school, called his teacher. Hello, 
This is called building and blowing people up. I got a good friend of mine that went to the extreme. I'm not suggesting this. I'm not suggesting this. I'm just telling you. I had a friend of mine. I have a friend of mine who was told as a kid that he was stupid. You know those? Held back, left back, not, 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 um, not able to go to certain high schools. Struggled mightily academically. More than one teacher probably wrote him off. Well, when he was in 10th grade, one of his teachers said, stay back after school, after class. You know what he's thinking. Teacher says, I want you to take this test. He's like, what? Sits there and takes, it takes him 10 minutes. Teacher goes, oh, okay, let's talk tomorrow. Talks tomorrow and goes, you're not stupid. You're dyslexic. You can't read the right way. Like you can't read like everybody else. You're a brilliant kid. I'm going to teach you how to speed read. I don't know this, but apparently when you speed read, you read by words versus by letters, which is easier for someone who's having a hard time following the letters. He taught him how to speed read. 10th grade. The kid became the top kid in his class. Didn't get under a 90 for the next two years. Was the first kid in his high school to go to an Ivy League college. Graduated, he's now running a very successful company. He's a very accomplished CEO. Now, when you're young and you're considered dumb, not everyone pays attention to you. But when you're, when you're wealthy, a lot of more people pay attention to you. You know how that works? Well, he gets a call from the head of his school that he's, you know, he's doing a fundraising trip. And of course, so he meets the head of the school. The head of the school hits him up for some money. Before he leaves, this guy says, what's with that teacher? I told the Rolex story over here. Oh, I told it already to you guys. Oh, man. For those who haven't heard, let me tell it again. He says, he's doing good. He invites him to dinner, for those who remember. For those of you who heard this right, I'm sorry. But thank you for those who heard it to say it. He invites him to dinner as 10th grade teacher. Fancy restaurant in the city. And he hands him a Rolex. Inscribed in the back. Thanking him for changing his life. The best part of the story wasn't the Rolex. The best part of the story was when this guy was telling me the story in his office in Midtown Manhattan. He was in tears. He was alive. We're having a conversation about business moves and he's in the zone. He stops, he sits down, he tells me the story and he's in tears. You can live this way. I want you to live this way because I want, I want to live this way too. And for those who've been emailing me all the things you've been doing, I want to thank you. 
Keep it up. Express the gratitude. Find people to go around and blow them up. There are people like this. I know them. That find people and make them feel amazing. There are people that whose mailmen feel amazing when they come to their door because they just find a way to make them feel amazing. I have a friend down in Boca Raton near where Rob lives. His name is Rabbi Yaakov Gibber. He's one of these guys. He can't walk down the street because everybody cleaves to him because his eyes always see the greatness in other people. It's, you should see this guy. He's a young rabbi. The whole town is buzzing when he walks down the road. You don't need to be brilliant. You don't need to be charismatic. You don't need to have the words to say. You just need to be aware. Yesterday, I got an email from somebody who said so poignantly that it was so hard for her. I think it was a her. It was so hard for her to express the gratitude because she felt like she was exposing herself. I said, yeah, it's vulnerable to be grateful to other people. It's easier to be tough and cool and standoffish. There are a lot of people that aren't grateful because they think like they can't. They just are scared to be vulnerable. They're scared to say thank you. They're scared to make somebody else feel this way because they have to come out of themselves. But once you can become vulnerable to somebody else in the gratitude, you put this into your neuroplastic connections. I just, for a minute before we, I just want to read you this thing. I, just for a minute, I want us to just sip this coffee. I don't want to run past this. I don't want to end this. I don't. I don't want to go to the next thing. I want to stay here for one more minute with you. Because this is like, we're, we're, this is it. We're, we're like there in the middle of like the universe. What it's like to live a life where you're willing to go and be vulnerable to everybody around you and to see people for their greatness and to have the strength to express it and to just have the people in our lives feel bigger around us and what that will do for our lives and our health and our spiritual growth and our financial success. It will just slowly like build a world around us constantly. It's going to be, it's, it's a different planet and they think we're nuts, but they want it so badly. It's, it's a different planet and it's not expensive. It's just a little bit of decision to turn 2021 into the best year, not by what they give us, what we give them. And the reason why this is so critical is because it reminds us that we're not in control of the world and we're not in control of people. We can't get them to do what we want. We can't get anything to do anything we want. We're not in control of anything. Our job is to just put out good. And when you let 
go of trying to control and start trying to see the good in people, in everything in life, you become a much more grateful person. You become a much more powerful person. I want to end today with a, uh, a, um, an excerpt that really, it's a little bit like the next level of not being in control, but it's so powerful. I can't thank Sippy and Andy enough for sending this to me. I already used this multiple times. I had a meeting yesterday. I stopped my meeting in the middle. The guy's like, what are you doing? I'm like, pause. And I pulled out these two pages that they sent me and I read it and people were like, holy cow. So I want to end with this. This is from the book, The Closer, Mariano Rivera. For those of you who remember, I told the story of Mariano Rivera when he lost the game against the Diamondbacks. 2001, being grateful, even if you're up against challenge. So my, my fellow Yankee fans that are watching this sent me a clip, an excerpt from the book, which I'm grateful for because they just they didn't send me, they didn't send me a link. They photocopied it and, fo- and sent me pages. Thank you. A little bit of Mariano to close, to close the week. Why not bring out the closer, right? If you have, you have the closer, let's close. Mariano, Rivera, to close the week and to close the year. This is what he writes. I'm going to read you from his book about what he was thinking after he lost. Remember, Mariano Rivera came to the mound to win the game. The Yankees were up by one. He gave up two runs. He single-handedly cost the New York Yankees the World Series and the season in 2001. He was the reason why they lost. Here's what he says. As much as I am committed to living in the present, I have a hard time with the ending in 2001. I search for an answer as to why it unfolded the way it did. I don't believe that things happen randomly for no reason. Listen to a man of faith. It's not Jewish. He's a man of faith. There are people of multiple religions and backgrounds and denominations throughout this world. Maybe different than me, maybe different than you, but there are people that are people of faith. And let me tell you something. When you meet a man or woman of faith, you can tell. Listen to what he says. I do believe that the Lord is in charge and has infinite wisdom, even if we may not understand in it, it may not understand it in that moment. Eight days later, after eight days after he lost the World Series. On a Tuesday morning, I get my answer, he's saying. I stop by the stadium to pick up my stuff. Mr. T is there. I haven't seen him since the series ended. Well, Mo, I guess we know why it happened the way it did, don't we, Mr. T says. What do you mean, I say? How do we know? You didn't hear, he said, about the plane crash? And then he tells me, about American Airlines Flight 587 from John F. Kennedy to Santo Domingo. It crashed that morning and all 260 people on board died. Oh no, that's terrible, I say. Yes, it is. Such a tragic loss of life, he says. It doesn't take me long to connect the dots. My dear friend and teammate Enrique Wilson was booked on that flight along with his wife and two children. 
when we didn't win, there was no parade, no post-series celebration to stick around for. So Enrique and his family took an earlier flight. Our losing saved his life and the life of his family. Please understand that I'm not suggesting that the Lord cared about Enrique Wilson and his family didn't care about those who died that day. And I'm certainly not saying that Enrique's life is more important than the lives that ended in that tragedy. I am simply saying that for whatever reason, the Lord had his own play that day. And in effect said to Enrique that it was not his time to join him. So there you go. Losing a game instead of losing a friend, I'll take that trade a million times out of a million. As painful as it was to lose, it's just another reminder for me that, that we are not the ones in charge. And that, and that just because we may pray for something, that doesn't mean it automatically comes to fruition. Praying is not like a vending machine where you put in your quarters or words and then wait for the product to be delivered. It's not as if you can tell the Lord, I pray for the World Series, a World Series victory, or I pray for a clean, being a, a clean bill of health or my next checkup, and then just sit back and wait for him to deliver it. I very rarely pray for specific outcomes. When my agent is negotiating a contract to me, I never get on my hands and knees and ask the Lord to make me wealthy. I don't pray for a new car or a good MRI result or a strikeout in a big spot. For me, the most meaningful prayers is when I ask God for wisdom. So no, my faith that we would win game seven was not realized. But another way, in a much more important way, it was realized. Because we are humans and limited. Sometimes we ask for the wrong thing or don't look beyond ourselves. But God knows what is ahead. He always has a plan for us. And in November 2001, that plan did not include a ticket tape parade for New York. And it did not include a heroic moment for me, but included the life of my friend. Is there a better way to end 2020 than this? The closer with my coffee stains. What's a book without coffee stains? Is there a better way to end 2020 than this? We don't know what the future brings. Let God do God's work. Let's pray that we become the people that make him proud. Let's pray that in 2021, we do our share of making the world a better place, of making people feel better about themselves of doing our own small little effort in this big world to shine some light. Let's hope that God looks at us and says, look how hard they're trying. Look how much light they're sharing. Let's trust that he'll do his job if we do ours, even if we don't, but we'll do ours. All right, everybody, have an awesome weekend. Good Shabbos, Shabbat Shalom. Thank you for a great year. May God bless you with an incredible 2021. Looking forward to seeing you Sunday with God's help. We'll keep on moving down, down our roads to try to be bigger and better people. Keep on emailing me, charlie at charlieharari.com when you speak to people. It makes my day.
I was thinking we should try to get like a million people to do this. One call, can you imagine? Change the world. All right. Andy, thank you. You're awesome. Have a great day. Have a great weekend. And with God's help, Shabbat Shalom. And with God's help, I cannot wait to see you again on Sunday.